Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello, everyone. This is Boston Rob here. Welcome to Drop Your Buffs podcast, where we recap the strategy, social game, and stupidity of each Survivor episode. I'm here with my co-star, Sandra. Sandra, where'd you go, Sandra? Sandra? Rob, you didn't see me, because I was behind this palm frog. I can get loud, too. (laughs) You were there the whole time. (laughs) I was here the whole time, Rob. So for the audio, Dion has a giant palm frond that he was hiding behind. And I, I have a beautiful, you. glorious Boston Red Sox hat. Boston Rob would be proud I of me. Apolog- I apologize for my Sandra accent. I, I told you I can't <laughs> do it, but I tried. <laughs> and I apologize for my Boston Rob accent. I just think my Boston family want to remove me from their family <laughs> every time. Well, here, we, here we are. It's actually us. We just up for Halloween. <laughs> we have the wonderful Hannah, who I'm going to give you a fun fact this week. Okay. And Hannah is actually an absolutely wonderful videographer. She's videoed some weddings and other events that she's actually videoed <laughs> uh, this season of the Survival Challenge, which is a fun fact for everyone at home. So we competed in 2018, and then we, uh-huh. were, we both went back to volunteer, and Hannah spent hours out in the weather dripping with sweat amongst <laughs> the new contestants volunteering her time and she did an amazing job so well done hannah i just love all your fun facts they make me happy so funny you bring that up because i was literally thinking about that at the end of this episode when sandra and rob are in their little tree house and watching uh-huh. the tribal council i like literally thought of this summer why volunteering at Survival Challenge was so much fun because you're watching Survivor front and center. So I love it so much. Yeah, they're I, getting um, a front and center viewing of this season playing out. My random fact about Dion is that Ooh. one time he was on Team Iceland where he was crowned the winners of a matinee performance of like <laughs> a song contest at the Almost Eurovision. Um, I obviously know what I'm talking about, and he <laughs> was on stage as the Ulfer Wolf, Wolfer, and I don't know what that means, but he looks fabulous. <laughs> okay, so I was in a stage show called Song Contest, the Almost Eurovision Experience, and for the That's listeners at home, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you know what Eurovision is, it's a singing competition that takes place in Europe that's been happening for years i'm talking about like 70s 80s like people like celine dion have participated abba um people like um aqua they've all gone and competed to represent their countries so in australia i was part of a stage comedic version if you will for the melbourne comedy festival where i participated in quite a few different countries i was in the iceland company if you will, um, as Ulfa Wolfa. So you did Ulfa you Wolfa. Very, very close. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Ulfa um, Wolfa. The Ulfa Wolfa. And um, we just had a lot of fun on there. And every uh, every time that we performed, the audience got to download the app, vote for which oh. country they wanted to win. And at the end of the show, that country would reprise their song and perform again. So that was a lot of fun. 
Wow. Um, that makes sense now. I had no idea what was going on. Okay. So are you ready to jump into this episode? I'm ready. I've got my palm front. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So the fever dream, we saw the sand going down. We saw someone said like thinking about it makes me sweaty. Someone said, shut up. Is that what Elaine said? Elaine said, shut up. And then we had the shock face from Elizabeth. Oh, of course, Elizabeth's face, which we will see a ton of this episode. And then we mm. cut right to Vo, no, Lyra Beach, post Tom vote out. Nora wants Jamal or Jack on. She tells Dean. What does Dean do? Detective Dean? He tells Jamal. And Jamal says that he wants Nora gone. Did uh, and here we are. It was one episode of loving Nora, feelings like she was in a good spot. <laughs> and it was just, it couldn't last longer. I'm no. devastated. So are you saying within seconds of watching this, you knew it was bad? I knew it was bad. My theory at the end of the last episode, which you told me that you could absolutely not see happen, was confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I said that I could absolutely not see Nora successfully pulling off a move. Yeah. And well, you said, you were right by saying this is the right move for her to right. make a new alliance of the underdogs mm -hmm. or whatever, the outcasts. Yeah. And yep. I said, I could not see her doing it. Yeah. However, I feel like we got little clips of next week where she tries again. So there's still <laughs> hope that she might be able to pull something off because I love Nora and I want to see that move happen. So I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, so then we cut to Vokai Beach, where <laughs> I loved this scene. We, the way we cut to Vokai Beach is that Tom and Elaine, Tommy and Elaine, mm -hmm. are watching Dan move Jamal, um, not Jamal, Jason's buff around and make his, his buff really good, and they're joking oh. about how they're dressing oh. him for prom. And then I think, like, Tommy says, he's got no date, though. Nope. How it's dare so they? How because dare they? they I never had a date for prom. What's wrong with that? You can still dress up and look pretty. I mean, have you looked at Tommy? He clearly had a date to every prom. Gosh, so. and classic, like, throwing other people under the bus for not having a date. Jeez, Tommy. What a jerk move. I think we've discovered Tommy's true colors, but I think we're still okay with him. <laughs> I know. Well, we're still okay with him. Yeah, Tommy kind of had a a rough episode this go, didn't he? Like we saw some- I feel, I feel uh -huh. like this was the episode that, that flipped things upside down. Villains were turning into heroes. Heroes <laughs> were coming out, not looking so great. No. It was an absolute juxtaposition on this season of Survivor. So we were in the upside down, like Stranger Things. We were just seeing things not as it's they are. It's a Halloween episode, and, and we had a Stranger <laughs> Things episode of Survivor. I'm so excited for this. And just like um, Eleven has blood coming mm -hmm. down her nose, we had Lauren having tears come down her eyes when you know something. It's exactly like that. Exactly like that. Yeah. So woo, that's crazy. Um, so. All right, so then we cut to Elaine telling mm -hmm. her Lyra people that she will go to rocks for them and that, right, we're all on the same page, right? We're all going to go to rocks. Immediately cut to Aaron saying, 
uh, no, and Missy saying no, and Elaine saying, I mean, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth. saying no. <laughs> nope. And see, that's so disappointing because I feel like Elaine has the best intentions. And, you know, obviously we see how the episode plays out, but very early on in the episode, it's clear that her people are willing to jump on her, even though there's no saying that if they go to rocks, that one of them's even going to get voted out. They're all right. willing to cut her off, yeah. knowing that going forward, if they lose every challenge, they're just going to go home one by one. It's like, that's big. I mean, we didn't see that from the other tribe. They mm -hmm. were all very clearly going to go to rocks. So it just goes to show that there's definitely trouble in paradise for the, uh, the original um, Lyra tribe. See, what I would do in her situation, I don't know if this is the typical strategy, survivor strategy, but I would be the Aaron that would be, like, wanting to flip and wanting to be the top dog out of all the rest of my former uh, tribe. Like, I would mm. want to flip so I could be number five out of that side. Um, yeah. But there's no guarantee but that you would be the top. There's no guarantee, and I think we we will never get to see that version play out because we discovered after our reward challenge that someone was going to the Island of Idols, and mm -hmm. that someone just so happened to be Elaine, uh, which I think was extremely poetic of this episode. It really was. And then Elaine even said, like, I wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> and then and what did Jeff said, comment. you were always you sitting even... out. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, it could have like, it's funny because it's just those like, those little comments that it's like, clearly she's just throwing something and he's just throwing something. Right. And we're all sitting there going, these are real moments. This is funny. This is fun. And we, I'm, I'm noticing we're getting a lot of more real moments. I think I mentioned this in one of our last episodes where it's uh -huh. like, this is the episode that when you watch jack hold a buff in tummy's face and he reacts like disgusted uh -huh. you know uh -huh. today we had that moment of um tommy and jason doing these like uh shocked faces when it came to the chicken getting its head cut off right. and just like playing around like tommy is a character he's definitely mm -hmm. showing that he's there to have fun and get along with people and i think we're going to talk a lot about tommy this episode but i think we definitely saw the separation between game and people. And that's what I'm really enjoying about this season. Yeah, I love those little life moments that we get to see. Like, you know, every Survivor contestant says, oh my gosh, there's so much you don't get to see. And they talk about like how boring it is out there. And it was really fun seeing um, Jamal teaching the West African dance. Like that was so I cool. Like, those little moments are, are really great. So my biggest takeaway from that is that it was Kelly who was the one that he was teaching. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting here going, that girl is playing this game so well Ooh, right now. I didn't even think she about that. So well-rounded. She's getting along with everybody. She, last episode, we saw her being the, you know, the decider, really, of where the vote falls. Mm -hmm. um, and I just see her being... Someone who, once this season is said and done, I think she's going to be remembered. I, I think that we haven't seen the last of Kelly, and I don't think she's going to be... I, I definitely see her making the merge and possibly making it very far into this game. 
Yeah, I, I see her making those uh, connections and those bonds right now that are going to set her up real good. And she might be able to slither her way all the way through the merge. I think she's playing very smart. And um, I'm interested. I always say this. I'm interested to see where she goes in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to see her potential. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to say about the reward challenge where they're like getting those bags of something and they're throwing them and they're super heavy. Is mm -hmm. Our guy, Dan, we haven't talked about Dan in like forever, but he's, mm -hmm. he's kind of the older guy on Vokai. He's always sweaty. He's just like always has sweat on him no matter what's going on. Um, he, I just like loved this moment where, where they're throwing the bags to the cart. I don't remember. I don't really pay attention to the challenges unless they're like amazing. And, um, uh -huh. but what grabbed my attention was Dan Hulk screaming as he throws the bags. He's like, ah, like he's like sub tough guy. Like, and I, I feel like it was Jason who would have to go and pick up the bags that he was throwing. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he said, be careful where you're throwing these things. Oh my God. He, he was just as aimlessly throwing it as far as he could. <laughs> That's um, what he was it, Right. And so like their dynamic is, has been very funny. Obviously we saw a few opportunities for them in this episode. Um, and I think we had that highlighted because this is the last episode that we were going to be able to see their dynamic. Um, but I'm sure there's so many dynamics between people in this season that we actually don't get to see. Actually, that's, that's a really factor. Um, I mean, we saw no charisma this episode, and we've surprise, seen a surprise. lot of charisma. Well, I mean, we, I think the, the It's been the charisma that, show for days. Right. And it's yeah. like... I think that the giveaway that their tribe won immunity, even though I was kind of still shocked they won, was mm -hmm. we hadn't seen anything about Karishma or who would be going home from their tribe. Um, See, I was except wondering obviously the Nora thing, but it was so fleeting. Yeah, I was wondering like, are we not seeing anything because we're going to see it at the end, or like, mm. are we really? Are they actually going to win in a complete upset? Because I can't imagine them winning anything. Yeah, so we haven't seen a challenge like this before, obviously, where the tribe is caged up and they have to shoot for hoops. But the moment that kind of uh, caught my attention was it looked like one of the balls was going to land in a hoop that had already had a ball in it. Yeah. And it was one of those moments that I, it makes you wonder what scenes from challenges we don't see. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that maybe the, uh, the way that the, the wall was um, angled, there were beams mm -hmm. along it. It almost looked like somebody had the ability to climb up the wall, get the extra ball out, and go again, which is possibly why oh. we saw Missy looking so exhausted. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, well, she was running everywhere trying to retrieve the balls. Like, I can imagine that would be hard enough. But right. then if you would have to, like, climb the wall, grab the ball. And I know we were discussing this in our group chat, and one of the other people in the group mentioned that uh, that might be why it was those people retrieving the balls, because... They were slider. They'd probably have a better chance of climbing. Um, mm -hmm. That might be why they were in that position because it, it didn't necessarily make uh, sense of a choice if it really was just to retrieve the balls to choose. Yeah, I definitely was confused when it came to that. So I feel like there was like a mess up at some point explaining the challenge or like understanding what was going on. Like it's super interesting, but yeah, I was like, wait, why is Missy so wiped right now when? Um, Jamal's, I mean, I keep, when Aaron's the one doing all the shooting. Right. 
And that's the thing. It's like, it's one of those like ones with, in the water where that person has to swim out, retrieve the ball, come back. Yep. Like, it's an yep. exhausting. When you get to the last to ball too, when the last one, that's when it, it really gets you. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, so we saw the challenge um, and Vokai wins as we always have seen. Shocker. And they get to partake in a reward, which unfortunately wasn't Applebee's. I mean, when he <laughs> asked them what they were playing for, I know. When he was he was asking them what they were playing for, and um, I guess they all could hear it because they got chickens. <laughs> uh, which was our, this was our chicken challenge of the season. Which we haven't seen chickens in a while because famous singer Sia does not appreciate chickens being on survivor because she is like um an animal activist so we okay. haven't seen chickens in a while so i thought that they were we, done we for. saw them with we saw them with wendy so obviously oh we saw them get had, released you're right we haven't seen them die in a while maybe that's what i meant <laughs> probably i mean ty turned them into pet friends and it's Mark, don't fun. you forget his name, Mark, Mark the chicken. Oh, Ugh. <laughs> I, I, I just remember breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, that um, was a good one. Who, who did that? Yeah, one? I'm pretty sure they've done it on multiple seasons. I think that's <laughs> kind of a tradition now. That's a great thing to name your chicken. Um, yeah. Okay, so when Elaine was chosen to go to the Island of the Idols, what were you expecting? Like, what did you think was going to happen with her and her reaction and whatnot? I definitely realized in the fever dreams at the start that there was the sand falling out of the bottle that mm -hmm. instantly screamed Island of Idols to me. Definitely yeah. A task yeah. of some sort. I didn't think that it was going to be like necessary. I, I knew there was going to be a timed element, but I thought maybe something had to be done in a certain amount of time. That's what I thought too. Task. Mm -hmm. versus a, a choice yeah um but i mean it was kind kind of surprising that she jumped on it as quickly as she did she then pulled again, a nora you, she did she, she just pulled, jumped right on it i mean elizabeth was pretty close with her response as well i do think that, that people true. get a little starstruck and they get a little bit eager uh to please and impress and um, who is our only one that wasn't quick to pull the trigger kelly i mean that was kelly she, Kelly, true. she this, took her time to think it through. Quickly. Yeah, I mean, she's the one that, she's the only one that's had the stakes raised. Mm, we she was taking her time. In a while. No, see, I was thinking when the sand was pouring, I was thinking that they were going to be like, all right, you have to make a decision quick. And then like Elaine should have taken her time to hear more about it. And then while the sand is going, Boss and Rob would be like, what if I offered you three block votes? You know right. what I mean? So like, yeah. I maybe that was going to happen. I was kind of disappointed when she just jumped on it. But I loved her Me little too. confessional about it. She said, like, I'm not out here just for the million. I'm out here for everything that I have to experience. And that was so precious. And everybody loves her. Well, <laughs> we did learn a little bit more about her, which is that her mother passed away three <gasps> months before she went to the island. Wow. Yeah. So this is something, this is new information to us. Right. Um, for what I believe. We haven't heard this um, mm -hmm. unless, I, I, I don't know if it was in her introduction video prior to the season being aired, but this is news mm -hmm. to me. And I think this is something that the audience can kind of grasp 
um, in terms of connecting on an emotional level. I had actually uh, listened to an interview of her before the game started. So I did hear the story of her mother passed away while she was in the middle of casting for Survivor. So she, I'm pretty, or when she found out she was going to go on Survivor, it was something around that time. So I just can't believe that hardship she's had to go through getting ready for Survivor. So she, if you think about it, she's been looking forward to Survivor for three months, just like, I just got to get there. I just got to get there. And, and you know what I mean? Just like looking for so much more. And this isn't the first time that we've had a Survivor with, oh. with um, a loved one who's passed away pre prior that has really affected them. Like right now I'm thinking of Sugar Kuiper from Survivor Gabon. Yeah. And that was her story. A lot was yeah. about um, her growth and whatnot. Yeah, we also saw Tina in Panama. She was the first boot of her season, but she actually missed out on participating in the season earlier because her son had passed away. And mm. we then saw her on the next season of the show. So she had that time to, to um, grieve her, her son's passing. But, you know, that was one of those moments that, you know, it really goes to show how much this experience can mean to people. Mm -hmm. Another person we had was Jenna Maraska, you know, in All Stars. She actually quit the game in order to be by her mother's side as she passed away. Mm -hmm. Another one, you know, obviously Adam Klein was one of those people that, you know, he oh. got to, to his mother's bedside as well as she passed away. Um, there's actually multiple people that have participated in this game where they've had loved ones who are ill but it just mm -hmm. goes to show how much this game means to them because it really is life-changing and yeah so many people just see it as 15 minutes of fame but it really goes to show that it can it can mean a lot not only to them but the people that are in their life and at the same time it yeah. also I, th I feel like we hear a lot that people come out of survivor appreciating life more appreciating their loved ones more and like at the end of the day, what's the most important thing to them is their loved ones. And so mm. it's kind of that same balance, you know? And it's funny, it's as much as it is even their loved ones, like it's the small things that they take for granted. I remember a beautiful scene from Survivor Marquesas where they had a confessional from Vizepia who ended up uh, winning the season mm -hmm. and just talking about how she'll never throw away the ends of a loaf of bread again. You know, wow. it's one of those things of like, we're out here starving and struggling and you just so easily throw those things away. But those are the things you, you just kind of wish you had right now in this moment. So I feel like there's a lot of life, life lessons to get out of this game, mm -hmm. including a really uh, special moment that we saw this episode between Jamal and Jack, Ooh. which was very much a life lesson in, um, in terms of uh, diversity and acceptance. Um, between different people and I know what you're thinking this was the moment that for me I went uh maybe Jamal's not that bad of a guy <laughs> and I've never thought of him as being a terrible human being I he know just for me, I know you getting mean that. that villain yeah, yeah. And, yeah and and I just sat there watching his whole moment where he got to have his his say on what it means to be an African-American male and, you know, being out there on the island and representing a community of people and how something that is a small comment can be, uh, can speak volumes to a community of people. And he just gave us really good examples. He was extremely articulate. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He was quite composed. There wasn't any aggression in how he was saying it. I was kind of like, where was this guy at Tribal Council? Because he was a little <laughs> bit heated when he was talking to Jason that time. But he was he was very level-headed. And it just it was so nice to see such an important conversation mm-hmm. taking place, being had. And then I, I almost feel like it was... Um, it was a real moment like we saw between Dan and Kelly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we need to acknowledge what it means to have personal space and different yeah. people having boundaries and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Obviously, this is on a completely different scale, but it is two people in a game having a moment that isn't being tainted by the other people in the space. Yes. Um, and I think it was a really special moment that not only for Survivor fans, but, you know, for everybody watching this show, I think it was a really nice articulate way to get something across that, as he said himself, can be a, a hard conversation to have. Yeah. And I just felt for Jack because I feel like we all have those moments in our young 20s of like where you just like learn something the hard way by something you say or joke about and then you like oh and you learn from it Mm -hmm. well jack learned from it on national television but that you know what i feel like there was you know how many people were watching survivor how many children were watching who needed to see that and learn from that i was just about to say like he didn't just learn a lesson he helped hundreds of people learn a lesson Mm -hmm. because I mean it was it was almost something that I even didn't grasp the um the the weight of it in the moment because it Mm -hmm. was said in such a in such a a light-hearted moment um for me being somebody who's from another country where you know I'm I'm sitting here going, what is a durag? So to have the description uh-huh. of that uh-huh. explained to me on TV, I'm glad I had that moment. Even though I'm a diverse individual, uh-huh. I didn't uh-huh. necessarily have that information. Um, so I think a lot of people learned that lesson with him. And I think it was kind of well-received as I'm seeing a lot of things happening this season, which is delightful. I'm loving mm-hmm. that we're seeing some some heavy topics being well-received and being approached where it doesn't have to be a toxic approach on some things that's real. Right. And think about it from um, the way they portrayed Jack. It wasn't like, oh, he made this joke. He's, he's evil and he's, he's racist and whatever. No, it was like Jamal. Oh my gosh. Jamal is just my hero. He was, he, you know, he like said, he was clear with Jack that he was offended by it. But Mm -hmm. he was also willing to talk it through with Jack, accept his apology, and tell us in confessional that that apology is one that he'll never forget. Yeah. And I think that was an important thing for us to see that you don't have to hold on to things that were said um, without that person's, like, it it wasn't said with malice. You know, Jack didn't say Mm -hmm. that with um, negative intentions Um, and even if he did say it with negative intentions I hope that it would be handled in a a positive way Um, we're we're lucky that we saw a situation that was like I said earlier well received in terms of we can move on from this and we can move Mm -hmm. forward from this Um, but it's it's something that I think is very important with you know this is a very diverse cast and we saw that moment where they said is this a good time to have that conversation about diversity 
or you know it was like, <laughs> and then they're like and jack gets up and walks away, jack like, walks away. Really, you know and it, it kind of was like a, a refreshing moment for me because you know you have people on that tribe like jamal you have kelly you have karishma and they did kind of like highlight these people mm-hmm. in that moment they mm-hmm. kind of go like we have a very diverse cast. We have a very diverse community. We're not going to shy away from these topics because they're topics that should be able to be discussed without being mm-hmm. like, oh, let's not touch it. It's controversial. These shouldn't be controversial things to discuss. And I think that seeing more about this, you know, starting with the whole personal space conversation at the start mm-hmm. of the season and now talking about um, just being uh, considerate of people's backgrounds and life uh i don't want to say lifestyles but their their identity you know as who they are in their community um just being sensitive to that is just kind of like we live in a day and age that if you reject the notion of learning something new that's not seen um in a good way you know a lot of people shy away from like i don't want to change i don't want to grow and Mm -hmm. it's like we live in a world where you have to do those things um in order to be, um, you know, well uh, received. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't think that we are the type of people that where we are in our lives right now, um, we'll always know everything. We're always changing, always going. And I think that knowledge is power. So let's be powerful and let's learn about everyone. Yes, I agree. And like along kind of with what you're saying, um, Jamal has an amazing voice and I could have him read me a story anytime because his voice is beautiful (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure he would absolutely love to hear that he's like the morgan freeman of survivor oh my goodness his his voice is just like it's very commanding yeah and it's very but it's also just like soft you know Mm, i don't know if that makes sense reassuring next time you guys listen to jamal talk just like close your eyes light a candle yeah. Burn some incense. <laughs> okay, so let's go to Elaine comes back from uh, Island of Idols, and mm-hmm. Elizabeth says, so who'd you meet? Who, who'd you meet? <laughs> I loved that moment, because we didn't see her do that with, uh, with Vince. Right. And um, whether it did happen or not, we ne- right. it was never televised to us. But Mm-mm. we definitely saw that moment between her and Elaine. And instantly they had a connection. And they've always had a connection. But this just kind of like reaffirmed yeah. that connection. Because we saw Elizabeth, you know, considering voting out Elaine. So mm-hmm. it was a, a moment that I think was necessary. Elizabeth is so good at this game. And she's a recruit. Like she wasn't a giant survivor fan who applied for it like she kind of just like jumped on the bandwagon I think she's really good with how she played the social situation not Mm. like um so so what happened or like or whatever she was she was just up front and like so who'd you mean who'd you mean you know and just like Mm -hmm. That's something that I've I've wanted to highlight a lot this season, which is people are being upfront. People are saying, I'll talk to this person. People are saying, I've got this information. It's more of a give and take this season, where in past seasons, you know, people are tight-lipped about a lot of stuff. And I just think that there's so much, um, there's so much information, there's so much uh, that people can communicate with and, and use as... Um, leverage and it's mm-hmm. it's just juicy and meaty 
And that's what makes this season so freaking good. And I'm you just know, loving that. That's how Adam Klein said he played in Millennials vs. Gen X, that he played an upfront and honest game almost all the way through, but there's only a couple key instances where he lied and he made sure it counted. And I thought about like, that might be the way to go. Just be like upfront and stop trying to play the Aaron game. But we'll get to that. We'll get to Aaron in a second. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. but before we go to the immunity challenge, we see that Elaine and Elizabeth are saying like, all right, you've got to get the advantage. I've got your back. This is going to be a, this is going to be crazy. But I'm sitting at home thinking, um, it's actually not that big of a deal if the other four see her get it because it's going to be block a vote anyway. So they're going to find out like later if she's going to, that she's going to block a vote. But I guess it would matter if she gets to hold on to it for a really long time and they don't want her to, them to know she has it. Anyways, but I was kind of thinking agree. like, I agree. That's the worst. Thought, yeah, that thought definitely crossed my mind as well because it's like, if worse comes to worse, you just grab it. They know you have it. You use it. You're in the better numbers anyway. But the yeah. harm in that is that you give these people time to strategize yeah. knowing that there's something in play. And really, the the harm of that would have fallen on the rest of the people in her tribe because they would think that Elaine has an idol. Yeah. And then there's a good chance her side of the tribe would have voted for her to go home so like th there were consequences for the rest of the tribe seeing her do it but i mean even though they didn't see her do it they almost saw it happen because oh dear she Ooh. was not like swift and you know it, it was it was a, a disaster watching her try to put that thing down the back of her pants like i have never been so stressed being that zoomed in on the back of someone's <laughs> little black shorts because they're trying to tuck in something. That was insane. Uh, is, there, um, is there anything else of note that you want to say about this immunity challenge? I mean, it wasn't that like... You um, know what? Thinking back to the immunity challenge and the reward challenge, they almost blur together as one challenge for me. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. When we were talking about the reward challenge, were we talking... I don't even, I don't remember what we were talking about. Like, I feel, I don't even well, remember I, what came first. So was it the balls in the net? Was that actually the immunity challenge? Because yes. the slingshot was the reward challenge. Yeah. So that said, so we already got that mixed up. Just a note <laughs> to those at home. We are, uh, we're recording this the day of this week because we have, plans when we usually uh, record the day after when we've managed uh -huh. to watch this a second time so we literally watched the episode today jumped, jumped on, here, on. <laughs> and we're just making it work so you know uh. this is these are the moments that we're gonna find so yes so the first one was the slingshots for the reward and this time around it's the immunity and we see the balls being tossed for the nets but in saying um, that yeah we saw aaron be a beast in both of these challenges. That is true. So I'm finding that those guys that have been getting a rough edit up to this point, this was their episode. Ugh, no thank you. I do not like Aaron. I know he's definitely the war dog of this season. Mm. Um, I'm just going to put it, you know, he said himself, yeah. I'm, I'm the flip boat. I get to choose who goes home. And, and, having the discussion of 
whether he made the right choice to stick with his original Iro tribe and vote out a, a, a Vokai tribe member. Do you think that was in his best interest? How do you feel about that vote? Oh my gosh. So now let's jump into Aaron. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Do you know what mansplaining is? What Aaron does? Mansplaining? <laughs> yeah. What, what Aaron does? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just feel like I would hate to be mansplained by him. Like, any conversation with him where he has to, like, explain something to me or so. Oh, I would I just something about him makes my skin crawl. Yeah. I can I just see think his communication style being he's vegetable. too cocky and he thinks that he's running everything. And you know yeah. what? His move today was awful. And not like remember how I said that I would I would flip on my four to try to be the fifth of the other. Okay. Uh-huh. Now okay. So I've said that. But what Aaron did was he just was toying with the other side. And, oh, maybe we'll get a lane. Oh, yeah, I'm with you guys. Oh, yeah, I'm with you guys. But then he isn't with them. And he just burnt all of his bridges with those people. There is no way he's getting back together completely with those people. They don't have his trust at all. And this was kind of reminiscent to me of a guy in high school who I loved the attention I got from this guy. Okay. And I just, you know, I was just loving the attention and, you know, oh, yeah, he's probably got a crush on me. And and then we we go on one kind of date. I think it was like a group. We went on one date and I was like, oh, no, this, no, what am I doing? This isn't a guy for me. And then uh. I just like flat out just left him at the curb, you know, just, I didn't jump and we, but you know, I just like, nope, I'm done. And mm-hmm. poor guy. Like I just had that flashback of just toying with the others, you know, like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to work together, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nope. And that's okay. what Aaron did tonight. So the rest of Vokai was left on the curb to deal with yeah. the consequences of what they got ghosted. Well, can I tell you why I disagree with Mm -hmm. your your thought on this? I actually think it was the right move for him to make. To toy with them and then dump them? No, 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 not to toy with them. (laughs) Because here's the thing. He was technically toying with Elaine. He had every intention of flipping the vote Mm -hmm. until she had this, you know, this vote happen. Mm -hmm. So I actually think he has some leverage now. Because by removing somebody from the other side, he now gets to flip over to that other side, knowing Mm -hmm. that there's no longer an advantage to take away a vote. He can still be in a four with three people that voted differently to how he did. But if he goes back to them and says, I couldn't vote with you guys, she had the advantage. And I needed to honor that because if I were to jump with you guys, it would have, for whatever reason, make up an idea for why it would have been a terrible move. Mm-hmm. Now they have four against three. They can take out the three girls one by one if he really does want to stick with them. With um, and the Wait, If he wants to stick with the other side. Right. So if he wants to move to the new side and take out his former tribe, mm-hmm. they, they have no wiggle room. They have nowhere to go. Their, their only option is to mm-hmm. work with him. Mm-hmm. I actually think that with the 
the flashes of what we've seen of next episode, it looks like Lauren's more upset with Missy's vote um, because she turns around to Missy and says, I trusted you with tears in her eyes. So I'm wondering if Aaron actually got himself to a fourth place in that group of people rather mm-hmm. than being in the fifth. I so, think, yeah. So what I'll say is I agree with you. I think that the move that Aaron did was the right move once we had the advantage from Elaine. I right. I don't think you go to rocks with these people. No. Um, maybe he should have waited till Elaine got back from the island and got information from her before he set up this whole like flipping thing because he just like he just hurt these people that he promised his vote to. So yes, I agree with you that like yeah, you stick with your original alliance. And I love what you said. I love how you said he gets out someone from their side, but then he could also flip to their side and now he's in a higher number with them. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if they'll just, they'll be playing him along and then get rid of him later. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I honestly think that he was going to be at the bottom of that tribe, you know, because mm-hmm. he's the worst of the tribe. He's the worst, but also <laughs> he's just, he's not, he's not, I think it was, okay. I also think it was interesting that they chose Jason to be the vote home because we saw Jason. Yeah, be on that the totally side. shocked me. Right. And it's like, why, why strengthen their side by keeping the people who are aligned together? You know, maybe Jason was getting along better with them since the merge, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, since the switch, mm-hmm. but it almost seemed like he was the right option to keep in the game because he'd be willing to kind of discuss things, but you know, we don't see their camp life. Um, He was getting along with Dan very well. um, Mm -hmm. And maybe it seemed like a liability with how well he could relate to people in, in the game stance. Um, I can jump right now into my drop your buff moment since we're talking about tribal. Um, Uh My drop your buff moment is when Elaine reaches in her sports bra to get her advantage out to reveal that she got to block the vote, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you have to read in the middle of tribal. I thought she was just, she, but then I, then I was like, oh yeah, this is the time when they do it. So right. I just like my drop your buff moment is just like her, like reaching up her shirt. And I'm like, what uh-huh. is happening right now? You're like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. But the reality is she did have to do that. And then Boston Rob says, just because, so when they block out Jason, just because they blocked his vote doesn't mean he's the mock. And unfortunately in this case, he, he was. was. Uh, he was the I mark. feel so bad for him because he, he fought his way back from a really bad situation. And uh, the poor guy couldn't even get a fist bump from Aaron. No. Uh, to get that confirmation that he wasn't going home. And I Poor think at that guy. moment, he, he knew it was him. And I think we all knew it was him at that point as well. I didn't know it was him, yeah, until the vote started getting read. And by that last vote, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it really is Jason. Like, I just really, I really thought it was going to be Lauren by the footage we were getting of Lauren. Every right. time they would zoom in on her face, I was like, no, no. Every time, then when she started crying, I was like, no, please, no, not her. Anyone, you took Chelsea, just give me Lauren. I know it 
Because the thing is, from what we've seen of the game, we know that Tommy and Lauren are two of the strongest social players in this game. Mm -hmm. So seeing them take out Jason seemed... Maybe he was the person that had communicated with them the least and gave them less reason to believe that they can work with him moving forward in the game. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes me think that that might have been the right vote for them because I'm kind of confused as to why that went that way. I mean, just like we said with the Tom, Dean, Karishma vote, you want to keep the people in the game who you feel like you can work with in the future. And maybe they were so confident in their ability to keep their numbers that they didn't even try. Some people, like Jason, might not have even tried to get in good with other people. Yeah, I don't know. So I have a... yeah. Yeah, no, go for it. I have a question that's like a little off topic, but I wanted to pick your brain about this real quick. Um, we, we heard Aaron, like this was the Aaron show again. All right. We heard Aaron say, I don't think tribal to tribal. I think three votes away. I think three rounds away. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, thinking like, okay, is that the way you should play survivor? Tyson apostle who won survivor blood versus, blood versus water. water. He has played two other times besides that. Mm-hmm. Tyson, I believe, says you always play like this is your the vote you need to survive. And you always mm-hmm. play that way. Um, but obviously, you need to set up a path to the end mm-hmm. and have an alliance for each vote. So I just wanted to pick your brain about that. What do you think about what Aaron said? That I don't think tribal to tribal. I think votes down the line. I do think think that you have to set yourself up for the next vote Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like all right i have to get through this round sure but this round is what's going to um give me the leverage in the next vote so i probably wouldn't be thinking three rounds from now but Mm -hmm. i definitely would be thinking about all right if we lose the next vote am i at the bottom Mm -hmm. so i'm probably thinking one vote ahead So I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about this vote and I'm thinking about the next vote because at that point, if I say I can make it through this vote, but then I'm screwed in the next vote, don't make that move. You want to make sure that you're going to make a move that protects you for the following vote, which is, I think, where Nora's brain's at. You know, if she sees um, either Karishma or Dean go, she knows she's going to be next. Because at that point, what is one former Lyra going to do uh, they're going to start picking each other. So I think that with Aaron's tactic, he actually might might be thinking too far ahead. Yeah. I, I just feel like exactly what you said. You think you can think one vote ahead, but I even, I kind of don't like it when people are strategizing for the merge or for the swap. Like they're like, Oh, if we vote up this person right now, this will help us when it comes to the... No, well, maybe I do. I'm fine with that. I don't know. Well, Sometimes, the, like, I hate the sh- thinking too far ahead because then you can yeah. end up, like, tripping yourself. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things that I actually really liked hearing from Cochrane in um, his second season was that he said he would go to sleep every night and he would okay. run through every single person's game. He would lay there and he would think, if I were that person, what's my best game? If okay. I were that person, what's my best game? Okay. So he can then sit there 
dissect each person's individual game and then influence them to think that their best bet is what's in his best interest. Okay. So if he knew, oh, my next move is to take out Cochrane, I'm, I'm not going to beat him, that's his next target. Or he goes to that player and says, we need to work together, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just, he had to see things through every single contestant's eyes. You know, we already saw Dean get caught out by Janet saying, you never communicated with me. Right. We've not had a conversation. I feel like that social game of putting yourself in the other people's shoes is Mm -hmm. a huge asset in this game. Um, And other games, you know, things Mm -hmm. like, you know, Derek from Big Brother. He was another person who, you know, undercover cop, you know, putting himself in the position of other people extremely helped his gameplay, you know? So I think not enough people are putting themselves in the position of other people. Um, They're just thinking about what's going to be best in their game when really you can actually find out what's best for your game through other people's games. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see if Aaron will figure that out. Right. uh, before it kind of bites him in the butt. Because unfortunately, I'm not seeing him being a pre-merge boot. I'm thinking he's going to make it to the individual portion of this game. Yeah. Uh, do you think his card is up once he gets to the merge? Do you think he'll have enough uh, footholds to make it far? Or do you think he'll just kind of crash and burn? I think he has the ability of being the final... Lyra member, original Lyra member in the wow. game. Wow. All right. That'd be interesting to see if that happens. Um, yeah, because I, I think he's giving mm-hmm. the other side all that reassurance that he's going to work with them. So why get rid of him when they can mm-hmm. take him as deep in the game as they want and then cut him off? I just, right now, I find the Lyro, the old Lyro tribe, so fascinating seeing how these people are navigating the swap. Um, mm-hmm. I am thinking about, you know, ahead to another swap or you know further on to the merge i am really interested to see how the lyro people make their way through this game and you know there's obviously people on vokai that are interesting to me but the lyro people are the ones that that've got me hooked uh it kind of it kind of feels like ghost island all over again it does with the purple team having the numbers dominating and, and malolo the orange team being the the team that was yeah. every picked uh, off one by one every challenge losing everything and yeah. yeah well let's hope we don't get that this year let's hope we get some uh some fun mix-ups um is there anything uh-huh. else you want to say about this episode before we wrap up i mean i'm trying to think of my drop your buff moment and i really do think it was that moment of finding out that the person sitting out of the challenge was going to be the one going yeah the idols because I think that really would have influenced how people voted for who was going to sit out of the challenge had they known. You know, we've seen in previous seasons of whoever sits out is going to Exile Island, like, but this was done without their knowledge. And Jeff just said, all right, Elaine, you're going Bye. to Island of Idols. Like, he just dropped it on them. And they were all like, <gasps> and I think, awesome. I think everybody kind of, yeah, had that moment. I was so hoping was we'd have... Moment something random again but we saw elaine pull a name out of a bag again i hate that like come on let's mix it up hopefully or maybe it's something different but let's hope it's something different this time i forgot one other drop your buff moment oh my god tell me rob and sandra's shelter mansion 
Okay, that's pretty damn impressive. I, my, my jaw literally dropped. I was like, and I started like laughing, like, what is happening right now? Like, that is insane. So that's what they've been doing on the island while they've been bored. I kind of think that's what Rob's been doing <laughs> since they've been bored. Because, like, I looked at that. I looked at that. I'm like, there's a lot of rope there. You know, uh -huh. I think he's definitely being given some resources in order to make something yeah, pretty incredible. And you yeah. know what? They're not playing the game. They're out there influencing how the game goes for other people. So, uh -huh. by all means, give them resources. Let him make a lavish, uh, yeah. you know, camp out there. I'm I all hope for it. Because he, he's there. in construction. Yeah, he's yeah. a construction worker. Um, and he's made wonderful shelters in, during his past games. I hope mm -hmm. they, like, leave it out there in the middle of Fiji. Like, I don't want them to tear it down. I want to go visit it someday and visit Boss and Rob's shelter mansion. Let's go, let's go visit. We'll go and check it out. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Um, all right, that's all I've got for this episode. What about you? Well, I would love to have that discussion discussion again of who do we think's in a great position oh, who are yeah. our wild cards okay and who is really in trouble i think we saw lauren in trouble we just saw her in a really troubling light so she mm -hmm. is my power player but i'm scared for her last week i said elaine was my wild card and baby boy elaine is still that wild card she could swing one way or the other she is just yeah. like Ooh. So I, I said that Elaine was in trouble, and I think I was right in saying that, not knowing that she was going to get an advantage. Yeah. But in saying oh, that, I, I still think she's in trouble. I don't think that this has garnered her um, a power position by any means. She used her advantage. She is now back in the fold as a regular player with the rest of them, and I don't know that she's got the tightest... Uh, uh, alliances go going forward. I do think that Elizabeth might think she has a better relationship with Missy than Elaine. Right. But that, um, you know, I think Missy is going to have Aaron, Missy's going to have um, Elizabeth, uh, but Elaine's yeah. kind of doing things on her own, especially after yep. a move like that. The other side of her tribe isn't necessarily going to want to work with her either. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. Now, think of the other tribe. Who is, do we see doing great on Lyro right now? Well, I mean, you've got Dean and Karishma who, do we think that they're in trouble? Do we think that they have to watch out? Or do we think they're kind of a wild card at this point? It feels like that this episode showed that the next tribal for them will be ripe for the blind side. Or like there will be a split going on. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, we didn't see any of Karishma. So, I don't But The nope. Survivor this season, the editors have just really surprised me every vote so i don't even know what to say anymore well i think that with the lyro tribe we might see uh jamal and jack being ostracized again as those players Ooh, you know the again. yeah um, we also can see nora falling back into the pattern of being that annoying person that we can just get her out of the <laughs> tribe I mean, but Nora's a bit of a beast in challenges. We saw her physically pull Karishma along with her body. Not with her arm. In the sand. Body. Um, so I do think oh, that it's going to be people. Right, never forget. I do think we're going to see people like Kelly and Janet calling the shots on that side. And yeah, I we don't will. know. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Karishma or Dean that's going to be the first vote out there. It might be Nora. I think it, it might be, be Nora. 
it could be Nora. I think it could either be Nora or Jamal. That's yeah. that's kind of where I'm I'm sitting. It's gonna go one or one of two ways in my mind. And both um, of those ways would be sad. Both, I mean, both of those ways would be sad. I I'm definitely more of a fan of Jamal now, knowing what he's about as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was kind of coming across as just this game player, but we've definitely seen his his personality now where his heart lies, that's always going to sucker me in. I, I love the story of the underdog, the truthful mm-hmm. person, the person yeah. who's playing for a reason. Yeah. And, um, I, I do kind of want to see how he would go in a, um, in a merge situation where he is playing an individual game. Um, oh, but me by too. no means do I think he's in a power position. I do think my power p- players right now, I'm going to stick with Janet, but I'm also going to throw Kelly up there. Yeah, oh, I would agree. I. Kelly is definitely in a amazing spot. So I am I'm ready for next week. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. I am so ready. And I just want to say that I love your efforts of getting that Boston Red Sox hat to play <laughs> up your Boston Rob. I mean, I applaud you on your accent because I, I do not have the chops to do a Sandra accent. And I absolutely do not have the chops to do a Boston Rob accent. So I commend you on your efforts. Thank you. Well, let's see if I can deliver our closing uh, message Ooh. with my Boston Rob X. Okay, yes. let's, let's go for it. Also, shout out to my dad for the hat. Thanks, dad. All right. Yay. Remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or find us on YouTube where we video record our conversations. Our channel is Drop Your Buffs. I have a chat with Dion and Hannah. Oh, I feel so bad for everybody listening. They probably Keep hate going. this so much. Keep and going. I talk so much slower. Okay. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Drop Your Buff Pod. You know the Twitter. Uh, Dion's <laughs> handle for everything is Dion Alexander. Spell D J O N. What? I don't even know what voice this is. I, I, this don't, is need, don't question it. Just keep going. Okay. Okay. Last one. <laughs> Hannah's handle for everything is Hannah Gillia. Spell G I L I A. All right. I just, once again, disgraced my Boston family. I'm telling you this summer when I go visit them, I'll come back and I'll have a fresh Boston accent for you. Uh, amazing. I loved it. I love you. Thank you so much for being a co-host with me on this wonderful podcast. Co-stars. And, uh, yeah. Um, co-stars. Yes. Yes. It was so much fun. And I can't wait to talk next week. Everybody enjoy your Halloween festivities. And I hope that you can also find your own palm frond to hide behind me, Sandra. Please. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs.